What is up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horton. This is this is pro wrestling. I uh, or this is this is the NWA. Sorry, hold on one second. I gotta fix this. This <laughs> there. I had the YouTube video going well, at the same time as just the stream yard. Bro. Just roll with it, baby. And just it, it was like it. that kick drum. Was like, it was just like getting it, man. What's up, everybody? This is Gary Horton. This is this is the NWA. It's the uh, show celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, of course. And I am joined, as yes, always, with my yes, we are. But <laughs> I'm joined as always by my hetero life mates. Uh, this is Will Martin. Hello, Will. Hey, what's up, everyone? Great episode of Power Surge tonight. We're trucking along. Happy to talk about it. Let's go. And the doctor, Rob Stinson. Hey, Doc. Happy day 927, my my brothers. There it is. Now you know. Now you know. If you had any curiosity about what day it was on, always count on Rob Stinson. If you checked out WrestleZone.com today, you saw an article uh, or an interview of the WrestleZone podcast, or just right there in the uh, article feed, uh, from Nick Aldis himself, the champ, and he references this very show. Thank you very much. Uh, but also, by name, he does mention the Dr. Rob Stetson uh, as being the record keeper. So, congrats, Doc. That's, Thank you. That's <laughs> <good>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say anything, if you want to say anything, now's the time. <laughs> well, anyway, we just had no, a power I, surge. I, I, I did, oh, now you want to jump? I didn't want to okay. say. Yeah. I, I want to say I like uh, it. It's a great interview uh, with uh, Bill Pritchard, I guess, uh, from WrestleZone. That's what it was. And uh, Nick makes the point about uh, about you know he makes a point in this about the or excuse me not the the champ makes the point about the criticism about COVID-19, this, and that. And he uh, was gracious to say, look, I'm not the one who brings it up, which he's not. And that's a point that we often make. He's never brought it up. He's never brought it up. We're the ones who bring it up just so you know, but as, as, as the facts lie, it is day 927 of this historic championship ring. Doc, I'm going to have to ask you to just hold off and all, save all of that energy uh, that you typically have for defending Nick Aldis for the end of the recap recap of the show because you're going to need it then. And uh, was anything I said controversial there? I'm just saying you're just you're just going out of your way to kiss butt right now when you could be saving up that goodwill for later. Is all I'm I don't to think I don't think I don't think Rob has to save it up. I think it's like 24 seven. It's he's got a, a a sufficient supply of it. So. Just naturally, just like it, it, it comes through his pores. Just the love for Nick Aldis. Mm. That's it's beautiful, really. You're radiant out here in. It's in a, space. It's, a, it's a recognition. It's a recognition of history, accomplishment, and excellence. That's all it is. It's the life I live every day. So you know, it's not. Mm. It's not kissing butt. It's just a recognition. It's weird. It's, We're it's, out here. It's a, it's, a, it's a refined taste. We're out here amongst all these stars right now, but last week when Nick Aldis joined us on the show, you were the brightest star in this sky. So you just glowed, just radiant. Um, 
Anyway, so let's talk about this show. The uh, power surge. Uh, it's probably time for a little bit of a break. I know it seems kind of soon, but we had a big epic outcome last week with the six-man tag. Arguably, uh, I think I heard a lot of people say the best episode of NWA Power so far since the return last week. And the six-man at the end, uh, splitting up the tag team champions. Strictly Business in there. You had Tim Storm in there. Uh, Sal Renaro was hanging out at ringside. And, of course, uh, Trevor Murdoch uh, trying to... Um, keep his position or win a, an opportunity for the uh, NWA world's heavyweight championship. Unfortunately, it did not work out well for him. And we got to a, a, a 30 day suspension for Trevor Murdoch. Nonetheless, he will appear on this show in an interview portion. But before we get there, we'll talk about May Valentine and Joe Galley, May Valentine, lovely as ever. And Joe Galley suit game strong today. He's just looking fly. Mm -hmm. uh, giving the champ a run for his money. One might say, so they might. They might say. You're in Rob early. You're getting him early. <laughs> nah, man. I, I call a spade a spade. I call a spade a spade, man. Joe Galley's always looking fresh. I don't always agree with his line of questioning and uh and uh the way that he likes to poke and prod, but uh the man looks good. I can't I can't deny that. Good. I'm glad we're already on the same page. This is nice. I like this. Uh, I like the agreeable Dr. Rob. Um so First up, May and Joe, welcome. Yeah, I will, especially as we go along here. But <laughs> Thunder Rosa is out with May and Joe, and uh, she talks a little bit about the last year and being proud of what she's accomplished. Uh, she does mention that Camille is a coward. She, you know, they ask if she thinks that Camille will give her another shot. She says she doesn't think so, uh, or she she says she she should, but she has been a coward lately. Um, they also uh, they talk about uh, Mission Pro Wrestling a little bit. Nice to see that get some play on the air. Now, May does bring up the fact that like you have another promotion. Are you being disloyal when you have like multiple promotions um, going on? And uh, Thunder Rosa straight up says, money is money. I follow the money. I do what I have to do. And uh, everybody should understand that. And uh, that's kind of what we get out of uh, Thunder Rosa here. Uh, May intriguingly pressing thunder a little bit, but uh, just curious. Uh, Will, let's throw to you first. What do you think about uh, this particular segment with Thunder Rosa? Well, as you mentioned, May Valentine is becoming um, one of, one of the most prolific wrestling journalists and interviewers that, that I've seen. I mean, she's asking the hard questions. She's not shying away. She's being direct, which is really cool. And that's been one of my favorite parts of Power Surge, the two episodes we've had so far, is just her uh, insightful questioning, asking the things that we as fans are typically wondering, but we think maybe it's off limits. I mean, she's going there. And so she does ask this question about, you know, some people would say, and she doesn't, doesn't say that she believed this, but some people would say, you know, going to other promotions, that's being disloyal. Um, and I could see both sides of it. Um, you know, as anyone who watches this show knows that, uh, we're huge Thunder Rosa fans, supporters of her, Mission Pro Wrestling, everything she's accomplished in the past year. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with and, and respect her opinion on that. Um, you know, the wrestling business is a business. You go where the money is. And, um, you know, nobody can disrespect her for that or criticize her for that. Um, but the fact does remain, as they talked about, you know, there's still unfinished business with her and Camille. And we saw that manifested last week in this 
not so peaceful summit that her and Camille had um, with some mediators there. And so, yeah, that question, just same as last week, is still up in the air of, of you know, is Camille going to give her another shot? Obviously, Thunder's down for it. You know, Thunder's not going to shy away from any competition. And so, uh, you know, I have to think we're on a collision course with them, you know, rekindling some part of this feud, whether it's a match or they're just going to continue to be <laughs> mouthing off at each other and uh, interfering with each other's matches. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see, you know, this, this, this continue and uh, get some answers about all this. Doc, uh, we in fact were this past weekend in Austin, Texas. We went out to Buda, enjoyed the scenery and we caught a mission pro wrestling show ourselves uh, Thunder Rosa facing off of David LaGreca there. And uh, we had a blast, man. And uh, I'm just curious, it, it begs the question, how are you going to straddle this topic? I mean, uh, uh, Warren, you're right. We had a, we had a great uh, a great experience there seeing a, a big-time event at a really good promotion. Got to meet up with a lot of the uh, hashtag NWA fam uh, presented by The Nation Show and, and some others, DNC Digital, um, we don't normally do shout outs during this period, but they were so generous and hospitable. And it's so great to, to re rekindle them. Cause many of those are people that we have, you know, we've, we have uh, been with in the GPB studio, which as uh, one of our great friends front row points out has become one of the, one of the pilgrimages that people make um, in, in the world of wrestling. But I think you got two stories here and as, as much as I hate to do it, but as often <laughs> So often I find myself doing it. I have to agree with Will here, man. Uh, I think there are two stories here. One is that one of the most compelling stories for all of us is the the journey of Thunder Rosa, her emergence from the shadows, from the graveyards of Tijuana to go on one of the most prolific runs as the NWA World's Women's Champion, that destruction tour, to um, the shocking loss to Serena Deeb and now What's, what's shaping it up to be one of the most compelling conflicts uh, in the world of wrestling right now, and that is between her and Camille. Um, so everything everything that Thunder said, I feel what she's saying. I get it as a professional, as a competitor. I can't fault her for saying anything. She mentions um, she mentions uh, Camille and her interaction with Alex Gracia, um, and uh, though I differ with her on her interpretation of that, I can see where she's coming from. She's personally invested and therefore can't be objective. The second story, uh, and that's not that's not a bad thing. I saw your 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 gesture there. Well, I don't think objectivity is the be all end all. Object, there's no such thing as brute fact. We're all biased. I'll be the first to tell you I'm biased here. Um, the second story is I'm really, 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 and you know I've been a a, a May Valentine fan for a long time, but I'm really digging her line of questioning uh, the last several weeks, and particularly in this episode of Power Surge. I mean, she goes straight after the elephant in the room every week. She answers, she asks the questions that we're all thinking, but we're like, wait a second, are we, do we really want to go there? Guess what? May Valentine is going there. She's killing it. She asked that question about, uh, you know, is your loyalty compromised by doing, you know, having your own, uh, your own dojo and your own uh, promotion and this and that. And, you know, she was Frank Thunder Rosa was Frank. We can't expect anything less, but to me, again, the, the two stories of this segment are the ongoing drama between Thunder Rosa and Camille. And I think all of us are looking for 
a major, major collision there coming up. Of course, we've got to throw genocide in the mix. She may be the great disruptor there. We'll get to that later. The second story is got to throw props to Mae Valentine and her, you know, I, I think for those of us who became uh, acquainted with her during the initial episodes of Power in the previous seasons, you know, some of us knew the journalistic side of this, of this, uh, of this person, but now we're getting to see it come out and she's really stepping into her natural um, her natural environment and her natural condition, which is to sit down with the the power makers and the story, uh, the, the subject of the story, and to ask those pointed questions. And she's doing a great job. Good segment. I couldn't agree more. This is very odd for me, but uh, I'm happy that we're all just uh, feeling this right now. Power Surge, congratulations, NWA. You've brought us the Trinity is together so far and interested in your uh, journalistic integrity there, Rob, that's uh, your, your belief in that. That's going to be, uh, I, 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 I'm just speechless. I, I agree. May Valentine asking the questions and nobody complaining about it. That's nice. All right. Well, uh, moving along, let's talk about genocide. You mentioned her previously. I see it in the chat as we speak. Genocide may be on the rise. People feel it. Genocide. She unfortunately, I think her only big loss was against Camille, uh, right? Or wait, is that right? I can't remember. But yeah. And uh, anyway, Genocide is a beast. She is a perhaps a robot. And uh, that's not been confirmed for certain, but that is the rumor. And uh, she looked like it here against Sky Blue. Now, don't take anything away from Sky Blue. Sky Blue looking like a million bucks. Took it right to Genocide. No fear in that woman, even though she was outsized and possibly outmatched, but uh, unfortunately, uh, her heart was big, but her uh, her her body was not when it compared to genocide, and she was completely demolished. And uh, although a good match, and uh, she lasted longer than I expected. No offense to Sky Blue, uh, genocide comes out on top here, one, two, three, uh, with the victory. Will, how'd you feel about that one? Uh, it was a fantastic match, and as much as it pains me ag again, as it does you guys, Rob brings up a great point. Uh, when you know, not to go back to the Thunder Rosa Camille feud, but um, you know, Genocide is is one of Thunder's girls. I mean, they're they're close, and they've they've got a close knit relationship. And I mean, Genocide in the couple of matches that she's been in in NWA, and and we've seen her even outside the NWA being dominant and, and just really showing the raw talent that she has as a professional wrestler. Um, she could be a difference maker. I mean, somebody that, I mean, as you mentioned, the chat's blowing up with, you know, people supporting genocide. They love her and um, she's really making a name for herself in the NWA. So she's, she's one to keep an eye on. And this match really drove that home. I think for me and for the rest of us, um, it was a hard fought match, you know, again, like you said, props to Sky Blue. She showed up and uh, put up a good fight. But Genocide is uh, just not someone to toy with. And she showed that in this match tonight. So um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if if she becomes entangled in this, you know, Camille Thunder Rosa feud, if this starts to grow beyond just, you know, the two of them, as it did last week when uh, we had Melina on there. And so I, I think that um, I think there's there's a lot of intrigue from me in this. And uh, so seeing genocide with the win tonight um, really just fueled that a little bit more for me. 
Interesting. Rob, I'm curious. Uh, how how'd you uh, feel about this match? Man, I, I, this was a compelling match because I, I was kind of uh, – I was kind of thinking, man, are we going to see Sky Blue, the giant killer, you know, come out? Sky Blue is someone that I'm also really into right now. I think she's uh, one of the prodigies in women's wrestling. She's just, I mean, she's just a baby, you know, and she, 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 she's petite, but she's highly skilled, um, takes the sport very seriously. But for me, this was a mathematical equation. There was no doubt in my mind how this would uh, end up. And, and, and the, <laughs> the point in case on that was – Genocide going, uh, excuse me, Sky Blue going up to the third rope and trying to come down and and uh, virtually genocide catching her in midstream and and at that point it was over. Uh, this was the Titanic meeting the iceberg, uh, uh, and uh, you know it's just it was a mathematical certainty how this is going to end. I believe right now where I stand right now, I think there as far as the women's division goes, and things can happen, things change. Again, I'm not privy to any inside information. I'm just a fan like everybody else is. But as things have played out, I see this shaping up to be a four women's contest, maybe a five women's contest for, for, for that Burke. You know, if you take Serena Deeb out of the equation, the, 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 the ones to me that are really rising to the top to become major um, question marks in this equation are going to be obviously Camille. She's, she's right there at the top with that number one contendership. Thunder Rosa for sure, La Mera Mera. You got Genocide. You got Melina because we. I think all of us have to think that Melina's. You know, she's tasted that before. She's. She. You got to think that at some point, at some point, that fire in her is gonna uh, is gonna want to project her back into the discussion. And then uh, uh, Taryn Terrell. You know, we 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 saw a brief mention of her at the opening of Power Search tonight, but I think we're it, the. It remains to be seen how she factors into this too. But right now, you got a really, a really vibrant women's division, one of the best women's divisions shaping up anywhere. And I'm not blind to what's going on in the other promotions. But if you compare what's going on there to here, you got to say that ours is at least comparable. If not, when you throw in someone like Camille, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, Taryn Terrell into the mix, you got to feel like this the cream is rising to the top here. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's hard to doubt. I mean, I guess this might be a good time to show those rankings there. Um, we can bring them up here. I saw um, the uh, you guys put together the power rankings before we go on the air. And so uh, there they are uh, for anybody who was looking for them. We might as well just mention them now since uh, you were just uh, running through it. Alex Gracia at number five, Genocide, Thunder Rosa, Camille as the number one contender. And of course, Serena Deeb sitting pretty up top. Uh, so very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, it's, it just feels like it. Camille looks pretty dominant in this ranking right now, but uh, La Mara Mara keeps herself in the picture at all times. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Just uh, curious how they work this one out. So something, something I wanted to to refer back to. Can you throw that back up there, uh, Will? Um, some obvious names absent from this ranking. One is uh, Sky Blue, who we saw today, and you know she could easily, with some more time, more experience, crack that top five. Uh, Alex Cross is in there. We're not seeing Taryn Terrell in there because we've not seen her in in ring action. But I wanted to point out uh, th these rankings are based off of. 
the 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 uh, uh, reboot. Not re- if you want to call it a reboot. I don't really like saying that because it's not like the NWA ended uh, during the pandemic. But this is based off of uh, a ranking since uh, back for the attack, and so you're not going to see you know the destruction tour totally. You're not going to see anything from the first couple of episodes of uh, seasons of Power. Uh, obviously, Serena Deeb is sitting at zero zero, and that is from back for the attack on. And these are unofficial rankings. These are just us being just us being fans, you know, just us reading the landscape as it sits right now. But I did want to point out one thing that emerged during Thunder Rosa's interview with uh, with May Valentine, and that that may be a factor later on. Is that Thunder Rosa said something that really stuck with me? And she said, "You know, when I when I get upset." I start talking really fast. Or when, when you hear me talking really fast, you know I'm getting really and, – and that's like – to me, that's like she's showing some of the same symptoms of letting the intensity and the emotion get ahead of the prize that I'm seeing from Trevor Murdoch. And I know we're going to get into that later. But I just wanted to point that out. As you threw that up there, it just hit me, Will. Uh, that comment that Thunder Rose made was a very psychologically telling comment Um and I'm no psychologist. I'm just a parent and an educator, you know. But it looks to me that when you, when you, when you're saying that, look, when I get intense, I start speaking fast. What you're telling me is that you might not have the control over your faculties that you think you might. But guess who always has control over their faculties? Camille. When have we ever seen Camille flustered? That's my question. Well, it's an excellent point, Doc. And uh, as we're uh, live on the air right now, uh, you know, the action in the NWA world is always going. And uh, Thunder Rosa's already hit Twitter. And uh, somebody, uh, the NWA uh, Twitter account, tweeting out about her comments today. Uh, and uh, talking about Camille thinks she's the head honcho here, but she's a coward. Block out Doc for a second while you guys check. Wait, where is it at? This out thunder rosa says yes i said it and i say it again she thinks she is the head honcho and she doesn't have the avarios to do half of what i do and represent the nwa the way i have i might be smaller than her but i don't ever back down that's from thunder rosa just a few minutes ago on twitter so uh there you go calling out the avarios so uh that feud is not Getting less intense, I guess, is the way I would put that. Anyway. All right. So uh, next up, uh, we got some highlights of uh, the past goings-ons with the TV title and the world title picture. And May Valentine is sitting down with Trevor Murdoch. Uh, now, this is a pretty nice uh, sit-down with Trevor. Uh, it seems like Trevor's still confident he's going to get a shot at the NWA World Heavyweight Championship down the line. But... Uh, you know, you get to hear him talk a little bit about Harley and how much that world title means and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I Just all in all, Doc, I thought this was a really good interview. Uh, just a sit down with Trevor and, and a calm interview uh, to your earlier points, I think. And uh, it was nice to see him express uh, himself in that way. And also just to give, I always like the layering of prestige on the 10 pounds of gold, just to show some appreciation for that as well. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. This this is if if you've heard me in 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 my past weeks when we've talked about Trevor Murdoch, my criticisms of him have not been personal in nature. I have always said, as I always will say, that I respect this wrestler. This is a man who was trained by Harley Race, who uh, 
it comes from the highest pedigree. He has every ability in the world. My my frustrations as a fan has been to see what what seems to be just plain to see. It's that you're you're letting emotions get in the way of things, and that's not the Trevor Murdoch we saw in this interview. We saw a more wretch, a, a more circumspect Trevor Murdoch. We saw one who was more thoughtful. We saw one who understood the place of the championship in the history of 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 the one true sport. And I'm talking about pro wrestling. Um, if you see that Trevor Murdoch day after day, if you see him when he's around Chris Adonis or Tom Latimer or Nick Aldis, if you see that composed Trevor Murdoch, then we got a different scenario on our hands, guys. We have a whole different scenario on our hands. My question is, is it possible to see that Trevor Murdoch when it gets hot in the kitchen? Will, I think to answer your question, uh, yeah, it's it is possible, um, and and I'm not going to dispute anything you have said or anything you've said in the past weeks. I mean, I think we, you know, to, despite the way the difference in opinions on the way we want things to work out uh, in this situation, uh, I think we could all agree that it would have been beneficial for this version of Trevor Murdoch to be the same one that we have seen on the last few episodes of power. Um, I think we might be having a different conversation right now. We might be talking about the upcoming Trevor Murdoch, Nick Aldis world title match. Um, but it didn't play out that way. And you're right. He let his emotions get the best of him. But I think what this interview did, at least for me, was it, it did remind me that, you know, ultimately Trevor Murdoch is a grounded, uh, well-trained, well-respected, qualified professional wrestler. And he's somebody that if, if he's in that position, in my opinion, I think he deserves it. Now, despite everything that's gone down the past few weeks, I mean, this is a man that, uh, I mean, a lot of things he said resonated with me personally. I mean, I've, I've got two boys as well. So, you know, him talking about being a father, um, and, and all of that, I mean, I, that, that makes sense to me and he wants to, he wants to reach that level, but I think you're right. I think if he can channel what, what he was thinking and his demeanor, uh, in this interview, then I think the sky's the limit for him. And I think that he can, he can reach that, that pinnacle that he wants to so badly, but yeah, this was, it was a great sit down and again, a great reminder of who Trevor Murdoch really is. Um, a great reminder of the fact that the 10 pounds of gold that Nick Aldis currently holds is the most prestigious prize in all of professional wrestling. It doesn't matter where you are, who you work for, who you're talking to. That's that's the prize everyone wants. And Nick Aldis has it. And that's why there's such a big uh, target on his back. Um, and that, you know, potentially is why Trevor Murdoch has been able to be, um, you know, taken to his limit emotionally uh, over the past few weeks. And so uh, I thought it was great to see Trevor in this scenario. And again, you know, props to Mae Valentine. She, she led another great interview. So don't, don't gloss over that in the midst of all this. Um, but I, I'm just, I, I'm with you. I'm ready for Trevor Murdoch to take the next 30 days, channel that version of himself and show up with that demeanor, the confidence, knowing that he was, he's, he's trained by Harley race you know, one of the greatest ever. 
And so there's no reason for him not to be confident in any scenario, no matter how much somebody, you know, pokes at his emotions or tries to get under his skin. Um, and so my hope is that he can channel that over the next 30 days. And when we see Trevor Murdoch again in an NWA ring, that's the version of him that we see. Yeah, it's uh, interesting you point that out, Will. I, I think one of the things I got from this interview is that that cool, calm demeanor from Trevor Murdoch is uh, the reverence he shows that World's Heavyweight Championship. It kind of uh, is a testament to me that when the day comes that he gets Nick Aldis in the ring for that championship, there will be a very serious, determined Trevor Murdoch, more so than uh, the angry and fiery version that we've been seeing lately. I think he'll be able to chat, uh, channel his temper into something more constructive and Nick Aldis better be on the lookout for that when it happens. Um, this is a good point, Doc. I, I know I knew you had something to say. Go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to point out that Nick Aldis is on the lookout. He stays on the lookout. It's not like, you know, you don't just get to wake up and think, and suddenly become re reserved and refined and introspective. And now you get to be the best in the world. That's how Nick Aldis always is. He's always circling. I was saying that it's so, like another so side of Trevor Murdoch that we're seeing that he can also do that. Maybe this version of what we've been seeing is just a version up until he gets Nick Aldis one-on-one -on -one in the ring. Right. But then you said, you know, Nick Aldis better be on the lookout as though like Nick Aldis is just out there like eating uh, silly well, straws and and gummy bears and like like he's not intense and aware and like he didn't watch that interview like he's I'm not, not gonna aware tell you what I'm I've seen him do I'm just telling you that he's very much been a man who's been toying with that version of Trevor Murdoch and counting on that version of Trevor Murdoch and I'm saying that's not gonna be the version of Trevor Murdoch that he steps in the ring with if Trevor Murdoch gets the world's heavyweight championship match. Well, um, I have not seen Trevor. I have not seen Nick Aldis toy with anybody. I've seen Nick Aldis take a perspective of the landscape and do what any ring general or chess player does. What? What is? It? Well, we, I know we're going to get into the Nick Aldis interview later, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to drop a line on that on that fantastic oratory we heard later. But I think what you're trying again is you're trying to get into a little subtle little shots like like to do week after week, Gary. You're doing it. And I hear you. I hear you, bro. All right. We're going we're gonna to continue on. Uh, but this is a great point to segue, if we can, just to remind you all, if you're not following us over at YouTube.com slash This Is Pro Wrestling, we have our own YouTube channel over there. We'd love it if you went over there and just real quick hit subscribe. We promise uh, we'll have some great content coming over there. We're also available wherever podcasts are. It's This Is Pro Wrestling on the social media. We're at TIPW Show. You can see all of that stuff down there on that little banner going around. I don't want to spend all day telling you about it, but it just, we, we'd appreciate it. We're grateful for everybody who watches us here on the post show. And we'd love it if you joined us at those places as well. Uh, we on the podcast right now have a great historical deep dive going on. We're digging into the past of pro wrestling history. And the way I was going to segue that immediately is today uh, is According to Brian Sullivan here, May 4th is a Star Wars day. That's because it's George Hackenschmidt Day, commemorating when he became pro wrestling's first widely recognized world heavyweight champion in 1905. May the hack be with you. 
And uh, so George Hackenstuhl, we've got a whole episode about his great rivalry with Frank Gotch. You should definitely check that out. And uh, you'll hear Doc even trace the lineal World's Heavyweight Championship that Nick Haldis is holding right now all the way back to 1905. Uh, with George Hackenschmidt. So uh, it's a pretty entertaining stuff. Right. So uh, hopefully you'll come up. We actually recognize this. We actually recognize this event tomorrow on our, uh, on the, uh, uh, this is pro wrestling TikTok uh, channel because um, that, that news did not make the, the, the circuit until the 5th of, uh, of May when it hit the newspapers that that had happened um, in Madison Square Garden, the great Tom Jenkins. Uh, George Hackenschmidt title match that solidified the first world's championship recognized in, in America and becomes really the predecessor to the lineal title. However, I will say that we trace it even further back. We trace it back to the 1860s. So, uh, but, but this is the first time that we have someone being recognized as a world champion. And this is, I would make the case that this is the very championship that uh, the national treasure currently holds. So it's a, it's a great day in wrestling history. I'm glad you brought that up, Gary. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just uh, happy to always represent and recognize the NWA and what it means to pro wrestling history. And yes, even Nick Aldis and his place in history at 900 and something odd days, wherever he's at there. Uh, uh, nine, <laughs> 927. Well, uh, uh, on that point, by when the sun rose today, he surpassed the longest reign of the great Harley race. Harley race's longest title reign was 926 days. And so, like I said, every day, every day that the champ wakes up, he makes history with that belt. He makes history. That's pretty impressive. Actually, just the man who endorsed uh, Nick Aldis as the uh, NWA world's heavyweight champion. And uh, also the man who trained Trevor Murdoch. Uh, so uh, very, very interesting tidbit. You could only get that here. People, can only get that kind of information here or the internet google but mainly here <laughs> we're like google with beards that's what we do so <laughs> that's our tagline now that's our bio <laughs> uh will did you see that the power stars of the the power star of the week i always said the power star superstar that'd be too much super and star all of that it's the power star of the week and that is aaron stevens one half of the tag team champions just curious at this point in history how do you feel it about those tag team titles what's going on aaron stevens kratos any any of that just any thoughts on the top of your head there <clears throat> well uh now, now it feels like you're baiting me a little bit because um, you know how I feel about it. Uh, I am a huge advocate of tag team wrestling and particularly the NWA World Tag Team Championships. I think they're uh, you know the same way that uh, the ten pounds of gold is the pinnacle of of you know singles uh, pro wrestlers. The the NWA tag titles are that for a tag team and. Uh, I love tag team wrestling and I love when tag team wrestling is done well. Um, and, you know, as much as I want to see, you know, these guys on the same page, you can't deny this evolution of Aaron Stevens that's happening. And and you, you can't hate it at the same time. I mean, Rob may disagree with me here, um, but it seems like, you know, this iteration of Aaron Stevens seems to be. Um, 
I don't want to necessarily say growing a conscience, um, but he he seems to be developing um, some kind of moral compass that is driving a wedge between him and Kratos. And, you know, as I've said in weeks previous, uh, you know, they got to get on the same page if they want to keep those tag belts, because that's, you know, those those championships are not something you just hang on to because you want to. Uh, tag team wrestling is an art form. It is hard work. It takes teamwork. That's why it's tag team. If you didn't know that, so that's what they're they're going to have to become a team again, um, the same way that they did when they won those titles. And um, you know that's that's to be seen at this point. So that that's where I stand on it. Well, uh, Rob, do you feel like they they can be a team, especially in light of uh, some of the big news we've uh, got coming up in this next segment here on uh, NWA Power Surge? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think that uh, we've yet to we've yet to really sit down and listen to what Aaron Stevens or Kratos has to say about this to get their insight. I think, as I've said in previous episodes, and I think anybody who in the history of the world who's ever had kids who's ever had uh, a spouse or who's ever had best buds will tell you that the very best relationships in life are difficult and strained from time to time. Uh, and so I think you see some of that playing out right now. I mean, I think when it comes to the championship, I, I don't see anything yet that leads me to believe that Aaron Stevens and Kratos aren't on the same page as far as maintaining that. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the the NWA tag team pitcher is very much in flux right now. And so there there remains to be seen a lot of other things on the horizon. Um, and that gets clarified up a little bit more tonight later on. But uh, you know, I I I would I would like to hear what Aaron Stevens and Kratos have to say because you know I see two intense competitors, I see two professionals, and I see two people who understand the value of championship gold. So I don't see any reason why these two can't set aside whatever personal strain there might be in a relationship to make sure that those straps stay around their waist for a long, long time. Very well said. And uh, so that's how we start off the next segment, actually, is talking a bit about this. Uh, Nick Aldis, the real world's heavyweight champion, joins Joe Galley and May Valentine for the final segment on Power Surge. He uh, is there to talk with them. Uh, they, they discuss Aaron Stevens a little bit and uh, last week and that sort of thing. Uh, they actually questioned Kratos joining with Strictly Business uh, last week as well and uh, questioning whether or not that was Aldous's decision and uh, Aldous uh, asking May, May coming in with those questions, and, by the way, and uh, Aldous saying, well, you don't think Latimer is capable of making his own decisions? That was uh, Strictly Tom Latimer there. He was, he was making the call. Uh, but they do mentioned that uh, despite everything, no matter what, uh, Latimer and Adonis have been announced as the number one contenders for the tag team championship. And I don't like to pat ourselves on the back here too much, but if we could hunker or hunker hold horde toot toot, this little pun with my name. Uh, there's the rankings that uh, you guys put together last week. And uh, you'll see there, right underneath the champs, Stephen the Kratos, you have Adonis and Latimer. So although these three are the official, unofficial NWA power rankings, uh, it looks as though we were pretty dead on. Mims and Boogie coming up right there. Sal and Tim Storm right behind them. Perro and Odinson. Rob, did you have anything you wanted to add about this portion of that uh, that discussion and the news that came out? 
Uh, no, I mean, you're right. We were dead on. And uh, all those, although these rankings aren't typically, I mean, they're not the, they're not official rankings. They're just our rankings. We are usually dead on. Usually my analysis in particular is dead on. And um, when it comes to any topic wrestling related, and uh, this is not rocket science. This is just, again, respect, lo looking at the lay of the land, uh, respecting the quality of work that we've seen in the ring, judging as connoisseurs of the sport. Uh, you, you and I uh, and, and, and uh, Will, we don't, the three of us, we don't go in there and mix it up in the ring, but we're students of the sport and we, and we can spot excellence when we see it. And for, for good or ill, what we have seen uh, between uh, Adonis and Latimer is what they like to, and I hate to use cliches, but it's just synergistic. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's almost sorcery. They're, they, they, they gel so naturally, almost uh, like uh, Adonis was, was meant to be um, in the, in the uh, uh, um, acquaintance of strictly business. And so far, I'm really liking this association, and and our analysis has been straight on to this point. And I'm glad to see that the NWA has recognized it. Hope may, maybe we had a a, a a little influence there. Will you you feel pretty good about that that analysis that uh, number one contenders are Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis? Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to tag team wrestling, <clears throat> you know, just just to show that you know I'm also not biased myself. Uh, I think Adonis and Tom Latimer make a fantastic tag team. They work well together. Um, and I agree. The reason that we, we have them at number two uh, isn't, you know, like Rob said, it's not scientific. It's not just based on their record because they've won. It's because the way they went, the, the way they win, the way they did win. Um, and that was through synergistic chemistry and being on the same page and you're right rob again i mean this is this is a, a a landmark episode where there's a lot of acknowledging that rob is right um but yeah they they work well together and that's what a tag team should be and so that's where i'm coming from when i start talking about the current champs kratos and stevens do they currently still have that same type of synergy because they're going to go head to head in the ring now we know with Adonis and Latimer. And if they don't bring that same type of chemistry, that same uh, level of being on the same page, then those titles are, are seriously in jeopardy. Yeah. Well said um, that Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis, you've got to be bringing your a game. If you're going to go up against those two guys, they are uh, top of the food chain in the NWA right now. Um, with the national championship already on board, Chris Adonis is on fire right now, and Tom Latimer has and it is always a hoss and uh, a member of perhaps the great one of the greatest factions of all time, right? So, there you go. Look at that. See what I did there, Rob? Um, let's talk about that faction though for a second. Nick Aldis, the real world heavyweight champion, his words, not mine, the all seeing eye. Uh, he is interested in a match. May make questioning him here and Galley uh, to give him credit. But it's nice to see Galley not have to take all the heat all the time this time. Uh, questioning Aldis and who he wants to face out. Trevor's out of the picture, right? So I mean, what's he going to do? He's he says he's interested in facing anybody who's qualified to take him on. And Galley gets very happy and says, "Well, I'm glad you said that because we're going to find out who's qualified." Uh, the, I've got some notification here that the NWA is announcing there is a battle royal taking place in three weeks 
And uh, the winner of that battle royal will be the number one contender for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. They'll get their shot. Uh, he did note no champions are in this battle royal. So they're take, that takes out your Chris Adonis. That takes out Eric Stevens and Kratos and the Pope uh, for right now. So we're going to see somebody else enter the title picture, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, and all this... Although the all-seeing guy does not seem to know anything about this. It gets very, very angry. Nay, calls it subterfuge. Sub, subterfuge. <laughs> However you want to say it. But anyway, Rob, your boy got flustered. It's weird seeing that from Nick Aldis. Uh, do you think he was he was caught off guard in this scenario? Mm, mm -mm. There are so many thoughts rolling around in my mind right now about this predicament that we find ourselves in. And, uh, the, and I look at Joe Galley just sitting there gleefully asking this question, uh, being in the know when the all seeing eye himself, the champ, the puppet master has no clue about this going on. This is a man who's, who's defended this championship valiantly for 927 days, who owes a responsibility to the fans to give the best contender a shot and there are contenders in line and those contenders are defined by title belts, right? Then suddenly we have nothing short of, I'm going to say it collusion. This right here Ooh. is collusion going on between somebody in the front office and, and somebody else. So, so subterfuge indeed will, it is collusion uh, between somebody and somebody. Do you agree with uh, the doc's analysis here? Um, well, for, for the first time tonight, I'm going to obviously disagree. Uh, I think collusion is a strong we word. A we almost had a perfect show, man. We almost had a perfect show. We almost show. did. We almost <laughs> did, but don't, don't blame me for ruining it. Collusion is a strong word. Um, I think that uh, yes, I will say, like I've said before in previous weeks, Nick Aldis is the champ and certain uh, rights and privileges come with being the champ. You've earned the spot at the top of the mountain. Um, he said in previous weeks, he's the puppet master. He's the one pulling the strings around here. And there's no doubt in my mind the power that Nick Aldis has because he carries the 10 pounds of gold. He is the real world's champion. There's no doubt about that. But this event right here proves that at the end of the day, the championship is made to be defended. And if Nick can't look around and find a suitable contender um, and he can't, you know, land on somebody that he, you know, makes the choice to give a shot to, um, this shows that the NWA is going to do that for him. And that at the end of the day, that title is going to be defended and it's going to be through a, a fair means like a battle Royal with a smattering of stars who are going to come in and they're going to compete and whoever reigns victorious will get that title shot. So, you know, <laughs> I hate to, dis I hate to disagree with you, Rob, I really do, but this is not collusion. This is competition. And that's exactly what's happening. And so we're going to have a definitive answer to who out of the incredible talent that is part of the NWA right now, who deserves 
that title shot. And we're going to figure that out through a battle Royal in three weeks. Rosville in the chat pointing out uh, Nick Aldis is the dealer, but he is not the house. So loved that comment. Good point. Had, to, had to mention that. No, he is the dealer and he's not the house, but he's the cornerstone. And, uh, and it's, it's laughable to me that we're going to look at a battle Royal as a chance to determine a worthy compete. When you've got a battle Royal, you've got all number of factors at play, all number of factors. And you may find you never know who might win that. Heck, I could win a battle royal if everything played into my favor. Does that, that would make be me one of my worthy dream of a matches. shot? I yeah, would love to see that. I'm just saying it, it is not the way the in the, the way you earn your way to the top of the pecking order is by getting victories under gentlemen's rules and and claiming championship gold. That's the way you do it. Battle rule. I don't like it. This strikes me as uh, as uh, th this is a conspiracy. Somebody up there is the, the fix is in. I'm going to tell you right now, the fix is in. Mm. Uh, just curious too, you know, speaking to Mae Valentine and her journalistic integrity that we discussed earlier, everybody was on board that she was asking all the right questions and uh, very strong journalist uh, on this episode. Power, how did you feel when Nick told her to shut up? Rob's your mic working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, suddenly, suddenly it went out. Oh, like, I can't uh, hear. He can't hear. Yeah, looks like we lost audio. I guess that's convenient. We've lost Rob. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hear the question. What was the question? Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, May Valentine. Nick told her to shut up. Nope. Yeah. Okay. He's a true. Dude, not coming through, guys. Pro. We got a big storm coming through this area. It's I can't. Uh, I can't hear you, fellas. All right. I can well, lip read though. Go. While we wait for Rob to come back, we'll uh, jump into the chat here and uh, see if you guys have anything you want to add before we wrap this episode up. Uh, looking through, uh, Craig S. is going back through all the episodes of Power. That's cool. If Very nice. To revisit them all. Uh, and uh, Eric Dell wants to know, wait a minute. The number one contender has to win a battle royal. How long does the challenger get to prepare for the title? That's a good question. So, Rob, like, I mean, not only is Aldis going to be unprepared, I mean, this is going to be, uh, I mean, this is three weeks out. I think the pay-per-view's announced for the sixth. So, even the challenger's not going to have much preparation. So, you know, seems fair. Um, I think at this level, though, competition, you're always prepared, or you should be always prepared. I know the champ's prepared for any contingency i mean i've seen this I was just trying to help you out I've with the excuses you were just making for him that's all i was i thought i what was are, what are you talking about hey, no the champ's prepared i it's 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 not about preparedness i mean i think in, in a promotion like the nwa ultimately you got a, a million guys that that uh that could worthy contender i mean i can think of three or four right off the top of my head right now but is that the way you go about it? And I like the comment that uh, that uh, Eric Dell made that comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's an insightful comment. I'm not going to take issue with it. He goes on to mention that it's just a week from the Battle Royal to the championship match, so Aldis is going to be walking in fresh as a daisy. And so Challenger's got an uphill battle against the champ there. It's always an uphill battle against Nick Aldis, though, right? Well, I mean, you, you got to factor in the intangibles, the fact that the weight of the world is on your shoulder at all times. 
but like I said, you know, you, you look at all the great athletes uh, in the history of the sport, the great prize fighters, they've got books and books and books on, on, uh, and, and tape after tape after tape, you know, film reel after film reel, they're studying Nick. There's not a, there's not a person on the NWA roster right now that Nick Aldis hasn't studied. He's so good. He knows them better than they know themselves. And you can hashtag that. If you get, if that will get, if that, you have any characters that we get on Twitter? I'm happy to say that thankfully my headset went out here. My earbuds are out, so I'll let, <laughs> I couldn't hear any of what Rob, you have, you have 140 characters on Twitter, but I do think it's funny that, you know, you talk about the champ staying prepared. He just was not prepared for this announcement tonight, and uh, that's that was obvious. He That's the first time we've seen him flustered. Um, he seemed to for the first time in a long time not know what was going on and not know what to expect so we'll see that that's cute will that's cute and the only way you can account for it is what i said earlier collusion <laughs> sutterfuge yeah, at least he yeah, called you let uh, me look that up at least he called you cute well he calls me cute a lot yeah john goss says doc is sweating bullets if anything, a battle royal would squirt out a random competitor. Could be a worthy opponent. Could be nobody. Might be Sauronaro. Not that Sal Could can't, be. you know, can't do it. Do not that he can't put up a fight. But I'm gonna tell you, that is not the way to determine a contender. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Everybody's hoping for. I see a lot of hope for. Uh, Polka Dot Pam says she loves Nick, but did not love the shut up. Um, Rosville wondering if Golden Boy is going to be back. Um, and uh, Terry McDermott also hoping for some Golden Boy. Maybe in the Battle Royal we'll see Jordan Clearwater. That'd be cool. Uh, he's uh, he's winning some hearts this season, it looks like. Uh, all right. And... Uh, People asking, let's see, what else we got? Jim Ellis asking any idea whether they'll bring back live audiences at the tapings. No, sir. I'd say stay tuned. Probably hear something shortly. Um, Terry McDermott says, Nick found out today that Billy is the boss. And so, well. Rob, Rob you just look you're going to cry. <laughs> I'm good, man. That's <laughs> just how, my, fa it's just like how that. my face Yeah, That's just how my face looks, man. <laughs> so downtrodden <laughs> alright guys well we want to thank everybody for joining us in the chat today we had a blast as always and you got to tune in next week on Fight TV if you're not already subscribed what are you waiting for go subscribe you got to do it now NWA Power is coming back next week and is only getting better each and every week uh and in three weeks, we got a battle royal. So you go ahead and subscribe now. You can be a part of that. You can see everything. It's going to be awesome. And we'll find out who that number one contender is and see all about the journey in the uh, in the tag team division. Is anybody going to challenge Aldis or, or Adonis and Latimer for the number one contendership? I don't know. There's so much at stake here. What about the national title? Adonis just walking around with that thing. Somebody's got to be interested in it. And Pope. With the TV title, he, he uh, outlasted Tyrus. And uh, so who's next for the Pope? 
He's on his way to that lucky seven. Aldison's got like a line of people just waiting to step up to him. That's for that my NWA. point. Thank you. You have made my point. There are exactly. going to have so a all in a ring opponents. <laughs> He's going to have and a longer roll line. Roll the dice. In three weeks. This roll the dice. This roll the dice. Play play goldfish. Play Uno, and and just let some random actor determine the contender. That's a great idea, Doc. How about a that battle a royal? Idea. Yes. I'm going to say that's a great no, idea. Hold on, man. You're using my weapon now. You're slant on what I <laughs> see. President Orton this is, took a cue from Doctor Stinson, and yeah, that's a good idea. You know what? I can't wait till we see all this no, again and tell him whose idea this was. Cut the camera. Doc Stinson yeah. with the idea for yeah. the battle hey, royal. We've that got is got amazing. Cut the audio on this. Cut the audio. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us. We love you all. We're at TIPW Show on everything. Make sure you hit subscribe here. Make sure you follow the NWA on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday night right after NWA Power. But until then, you all enjoy your